Did you ever think you would make it? I feel I'm supposed like it takes sweet victory. I know this life meant for me. Yeah, why would you bet on Goliath when we got bet David? Value payment, giving values contagious. This world of entrepreneurs, we get no value to haters. How they run, homie, look what I become. I'm the, I'm the one. Okay, so my iPad is an on. What number podcast is this, by the way? Rob, tell me. 275. 275. Is that accurate? Five. That is correct. Wow. By the way, just so you know, we're making up for all the time that we've been super on time. We're starting to, you know, start the podcast even sooner than we typically do. Again, 8.58 today, the usual time we start. We got a lot of topics to go through. I think we're going to have a guy that's going to join us here in a minute. Uh, he's, uh, he's fresh and he's fit. Yesterday, I was going to go to a different podcast in Palm Beach called uh, Old and Out of Shape, but then uh, I decided to go to Miami on this podcast called Fresh and Fit. He'll be here uh, in a few minutes. They're coming up on the Miami traffic. That, uh, Miami heat. heat. Yeah, can we oh, talk about that for a second? Come on, baby. We'll talk about that at the end okay. for all our sports fans that love it when we talk about we sports. We don't want to lose all our viewers but right let now. Let me tell you what we got. Here's what we got. We got a lot of things to talk about here with uh, the debt ceiling that was just... Uh, they're going back and forth with negotiations. There's six things, uh, six must-know provisions. We'll talk about that. DeSantis going after Trump like never before. Poll shows dead heat in Florida between DeSantis and Trump. Lindsey Graham says Russians dying is the best money the U.S. spent. <laughs> and right afterwards, Russia issues Lindsey Graham arrest warrant after Ukraine comments. There's a poll that just came out that even Jake Tapper couldn't control himself. I don't know if you saw this, Rob. On the Jake Tapper poll, when it was announced, 66% of voters say Biden is too old to serve four more years. And this was on CNN when he had to read this. And Jake said, this is horrible. There's <laughs> nothing good about this. He couldn't even hold himself. Uh, China blows up a U.S. Navy uh, largest uh, warship and menacing sim uh, stim uh, simulation. I was about to say stimulation, but it's simulation that Same they thing. did. Same thing. Uh, days after Twitter block, Turkish uh, President Erdogan, political opponents from uh, posting on the site, the increasingly authoritarian leader won re-election after a contested vote, which is devastating to people in Turkey. Elon Musk Neuralink wins FDA approval for human study of brain implants. Mark Cuban's talking shit about Elon Musk. We'll get into that. Job market, more high school grad, forego college in the hot Labor market and America's biggest source of jobs is cooling off. We'll discuss that. Consumer debt is officially $17 trillion for the first time. Streaming services are removing tons of movies and shows. It's not personal. It's strictly business, they say. And it's more expensive to live. And workers are tapping into their 401ks for help. That is a New York Times story. You know when's the last time Bud, uh, Bud Light uh, uh, actually sent a tweet out? How long? It's month been a month since they tweeted anything. And somebody at Target... Uh, there was a bomb threat sent by an angry pro-pride left-winger. So a lot of people are uh, uh, seeing what's going on there with that. And then obviously you got a story you want to talk about, the Army veteran. TikTok goes viral after details. Frustrating experience with the V8. So, Tom, let's start off with the economy here. Um, because a person said once before, it's the economy. Stupid. Stupid. So we're going to start off with the economy. Awesome. See what we can awesome. Do so more high school grad forego college in the hot uh, labor market. This is a Wall Street Journal story that we have here. Uh, page 11, if you guys want to go to it. So the college enrollment rate at the recent U.S. school high school graduate has declined to 62% in 2022 from 66.2% in 2019. That's just three years ago. As more young people opt for blue-collar jobs in a strong labor market, job growth in industries like leisure, and hospitality, construction, manufacturing, and warehousing, which don't require college degrees, has outpaced overall job gains. The low unemployment rate for teenage workers reaching a 70-year low of 9.2% last month has led to significant pay increases. Hourly earnings for leisure and hospitality workers rose by nearly 30% from April 2019 to April 2023. Wages are also higher in industries with additional training requirements like apprenticeship, Factors contributing to the decline in college enrollments include the high cost of education, college closures, and uncertain return on investment. That's a big one right there, Tom. Uncertain return on investment. Mm -hmm. And this is Wall Street Journal saying this. That may be the biggest one out of all of them, and a lack of confidence in the value of a degree. Many Americans uh, question the worth of a college degree, further discouraged by improving job prospects in blue-collar fields. Tom. 
Wow, this is a lot. Um, but this is basically, this is one of those stories where you read it, you step back from it, and you go, well, actually, that makes sense. And sort of you saw it coming, but you weren't paying attention. So what's happening right now is um, there's something that was left out on that summary there. You didn't leave it out, Pat. It wasn't in the... the um, wasn't in the in the story and that is that there is a fair to say is about 35 percent people in this country are conservative and very concerned about the woke things and you have a lot of parents that are out there that are going to orientations at colleges saying what the hell am i doing here sending my kid to be indoctrinated in a woke institution so there is also parents stepping back and saying wow is is the college roi worth it i'm about to put you know 25 to 40 grand a year in there put 100 to 160 just to put my kid to a basic school and that's being met with, hey, wait a minute, you know, um, my uncle was a plumber, and you find out you can make $175,000 a year, I looked up, as a journeyman plumber, not after 20 years, after like five years. So the trades are heating up, the blue-collar trades are heating up, giving, you know, um, real alternatives, and the job market on small business on the other side. Now, small businesses, we're not talking about the plumbers. We're talking about small businesses that are um, $10 million in sales. That's small compared to, you know, large corporate. And what they're seeing is a lot of people coming in and they still want the COVID package. You know, well, you know, there's, you're looking for a lot of bookkeepers. There's a quote from a bookkeeper that said somebody came in, they're looking for 61 bucks an hour to be a bookkeeper. And it's like, $10 $10 million company, you would think, wow, can you afford that? No, you can't. Um, Tom, so- from a perspective of what you're talking about here, I think it's important if you're comfortable talking about this. You made a very big point about the fact that parents are worried about sending their kids to uh, a woke school. The other day, uh, Paul, uh, my sister and I were talking to my niece who is wanting to be a lawyer, and she's going to a school, and we're having these conversations about, you know, the school you're going to, you're going to spend a week there, there's going to be woke experiences there that you have to just kind of be prepared for. You just took your daughter, one of them, your oldest, to go to different universities. If you're comfortable giving names, do it. I won't do it. What was the experience like, and how immediately did you see signs of these guys doing the woke thing in universities, some of the biggest universities in America, because your daughter has a 4.6 GPA, so she's only going to the best of universities. Yeah, well, so we did the standard thing. Uh, we went on tours, and you register online, and you can go to on a certain day, and they take you on a tour. The first part of the tours is you go into a large room, and there'll be somebody from admissions talking, and then there's usually like a senior who's there to talk about the school, the experience of the school, and to personally say, hey, I majored in this, this is what it's all about. But they also stay with a script that comes from the school itself. And the first topic at a, at a top 15 school that is located in the heart of what you might call Music City, and I think we know who we're talking about here, the colors are black and gold, um, <laughs> they, um, they basically said, Anne, welcome. You are here for a tour. We're so proud of what we've done here. There's a lot of things going on here. And one of the first things we want to let you know is how we're not just inclusive. We're inclusive and also providing services. You can get gender reassignment surgery and support here at not our health center, but the hospital that's part of the research. Let me ask this question. Let me ask this. How many minutes before the orientation started that message was given? That was within the first five minutes. What? So, tell me you're joking, Tom. No, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not. And I had a parent in front of me turns her turns around and looks at me, and, and she makes eye content. And under her breath, you could hear her say, she didn't curse. She was like, starting with this? Oh, God. You know? uh, and then when we... So about 20 minutes, this was a script. This person was going off a script and then said, my name is so-and-so. He, I made this. They, I, yeah, all yeah, yeah. And this is, yeah, yeah, exactly. But he, he identified his pronouns, too. He, <laughs> he said, I go by, you know, I go by, you know. The, thy, th- was he Shakespearean pronouns? Because they're in college. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, the, no. thine, thyself. So I saw a lot of people Idiot. that were there. And then, and then we... We went on a tour, and there was a father that was there who said something very, very telling. He says, 
I understand everybody's going to be here. Just tell me about the university and why this is the place where my kid's going to get a fantastic education. So he was not like going off right wing and going off on somebody. But so you have that going on as well as the inflation and tuition and college closures and the on-campus, off-campus controversy we had during COVID. Wait, I get the same diploma and I'm not on campus and I don't have the labs, but I have to pay the same tuition. Remember that story in the middle of COVID that parents were asking, why am I still paying lab fees and all these other fees at school if it's basically the remote education now? Because you're saying kids are off campus. So now I'm getting like a remote degree like Grand Canyon University. I can, you know, go online and get one of those onlines. And so what's happening is the high school grads are seeing all this, put all this in a, in a pot of chili, and then say, you know, your, your uncle was a plumber. You can make 175 a year a plumber after five years. Do an apprenticeship, get your license, get a couple trucks, and you can have a great air conditioning pump. The trades. So there's a lot of trade jobs are out there. And small businesses under $10 million, you know, they aren't going to get you the work from home thing. And so these things are fighting with each other. And you step back from it and you say... I am so surprised. Adam. Yeah, for me, this this entire story comes down to one word, and that word is disruption. Um, we're, we're, we've seen this in cable news. To me, college is the young version of cable news. We we went over the, the stats the other day where uh, how many – five years ago, 10 years ago, 70% of homes had cable, cable. Yep. in the their subscriptions house. dropping. And now it is now 40%. Um Things have been disrupted, whether it's money and Bitcoin, whether it's politics and Trump and outsiders going against the system, whether it's college, whether it's education. There's no need to go the mainstream traditional route. And if you actually look at the numbers in college, in the 1970s, 1980s, 60% of college attendees were men, 40% women. Now it is completely flipped. Women make up 60% of college attendees and men make up 40 so we talk about this concept of hypergamy and women won't date down. That's also becoming an increasingly big problem where women are making more money, they're more educated, where they won't necessarily date down a blue-collar guy. Tom made a great point. Sometimes you can be a blue-collar guy, a plumber, make 150 grand a year. Hell yeah, buddy, make that money. The problem is, would a woman date a plumber? And that's something that men need to consider when they go into college. Now, for me, college comes Depends down. Depends on the kind of a plumber, Dummy. I mean, let's just. Yeah, look, that's true. Well, you're Mario. You, you were saying. <laughs> shout, like, uh, shout out to Mario Brothers. Conferences, uh, but, but go ahead. Keep going. You have different options these days <laughs> that you do. <laughs> that's your sponsor, Reed, right there. That's exactly right. You do have different <laughs> options these days. Check out my pack, um, baby. As a man, specifically, um, you can be. You can get into entrepreneurship. You can get to technical school. You can get to apprenticeship. Um, there, there's so many different options that didn't exist 20 years ago when this whole, you know, should I go to college, not go to college debate really started rearing its ugly head. And why did it rear its ugly head? Let's get real here. College has increased, what, a thousand percent ROI in the last 20 years? Has education increased a thousand percent? Has increased 10%, 20%. Has college even taught you more? The We all know, I mean, this also comes down to indoctrination versus education. We've highlighted many times that, what, one in 11 professors are on the left when it comes to college. Is that the number these days? Yeah, Is it 13, one? 13, 12, 13 not, to 1. Not okay, on the left. 13 yeah. to 1. One out of 11, not on the left. No, on the left. No. 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 For every one conservative yes. professor, some say 11, some say 13. But for every conservative pref professor, 11 to Correct. 13 are on the left. Yeah. But You're I, saying the same thing. I think, yeah. I think at the end of the day, and I went to college. I, I, I'm glad I went to college. I did the whole college experience. That's great. I'll, I'll tell you what. If I just entered the real world at 18, probably would have made a handful of mistakes. It's sort of easy to have that four-year window of effing up and making effing, effing mistakes, which is fine. But at the end of the day, uh, this is a major decision. Besides getting married and having kids, What's the next biggest decision that a young person has to make? College. Going to college. Yeah, uh -huh. I mean, if you're going to spend a quarter million dollars of student loan debt, uh, you need to really think about that. At the end of the day, this comes down to the bottom line. What's the bottom line? Um, what's the ROI on you going to college? Now, I don't want to be shitting on college. If you can get into an Ivy League school, if you can get into a great school, if you can get into a state school, if you can get your college paid for, if you get free tuition, if you get a scholarship, go for it. But... 
If you're just going to some small liberal arts school outside of state that you're paying out-of-state tuition, you're paying 50 grand a year to get some basket-weaving education, it's like, what's the ROI on that, Hoss? And that's something that you really need to consider. So, 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 so far, I'm going to go to the next story. So far, there's a few things that we got. One, uh, disruption, which he's talking about. Two, is the value the same as it was before? Three, the woke, which is scaring parents out. And four, I'm going to just start making money right now. Why do I need to go to college? I can make money online creating content, doing this. There's so many different ways to make money. This is all bad signs for colleges. And they're not helping themselves as they get woker no and way. woker yeah. and woker. Mm-hmm. And, Pat, my question to you is about what, uh, why are they all, like, bowing down and, like, letting these the whole woke ideology, the whole trend? How is this small minority taking over? And Because think about it, Pat. They're not stopping. Companies like we've been talking about, uh, Dylan Mulvaney, they tried it with Bud Light. Guess what? Failed. I am finally Park, convinced. What's happening? No, it's, it's not the colleges, man. It's, it's everybody. College. No, no, it's not the colleges. The, the, you, know, you know how we always go back to, you know, who's the they? Yes. Who's the they? Who's the they? You yeah. know, they all this should stuff. fix We the got road. the man in the house. Your seat's right here. Uh, uh, so who's the they? Who's the they? You know, who's the they? Who the, who the people are here that are the power? You want anything? You're good? Oh, no, I'm good. Okay. So it, 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 that, that's the they. That's the Isn't the college. No. The they is colleges need these big endowments to get the monies. So for them that are getting the big endowments, the college money themselves, they have to kind of uh, uh, abide by what they want them to do. And if you don't, you're replaceable. Who got you the job? So think about it. Who placed you in this university to have that job? That same person that placed you in that university, deemed whatever the job is, they can take you out. Your loyalty isn't to the students. Mm -hmm. Your loyalty isn't to the kids. Loyalty has changed. Loyalty has changed from CEOs of S&P 500 companies and university deans to students and parents to now funders Hmm. and where the money is coming from. And if you don't, you don't provide loyalty to those guys. You lose your position, your job, your money, all of that stuff. So, And there's one small, not so small thing, the whole concept of student loans. They've been able to raise tuitions at astronomical rates and not worry about the consumer, Pat. The consumer is the student, right? The consumer is the student, and the second consumer is the parents that are paying the bill for the consumer. For the uh, student. So student loans have been there so that they can raise tuition and the college says, just get the student loan. And who's backing those loans? The United States government. I still think, though, going to a, going to a school, like, and I know which school that you were talking about, f- within the first five minutes, f- for them to say, hey, listen, we do gender reaffirming surgery. We could ch- if you have a crotch, we'll chop it up. What the? F- what are we talking about? By the way. How, what about the so, school? So the other day, we went and we watched this new movie by Sebastian Maniscalco and Robert De Niro. Okay. How was it? It's freaking funny as hell. Okay. It's actually a very good movie. All right. Within the first five minutes, a gay couple's getting married. Okay? Yeah. Within the first five minutes. Tico looks at me, and I took my dad. He's 81 years old. Yeah. Okay? And he wants to watch the Nero movie. Tico doesn't like this kind of stuff. He wants to leave. Yeah. So we stay for dad. Two other times, they had the you know examples of what happens in there to touch the you know, ESG score to be right. So these guys are going out there raising $50 million for a movie like this, and the guys are saying, we'll give you $50 million as long as your cast is this, 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 that. No. As long as your script has this, we'll approve it. It's no longer who you think they're loyal to. It's changed. Anyways, let's move on to a different topic. Can I let's add one on. thing since you're a stats guy? you got guy. 20 seconds. There you go. Here's, since you're a stats guy, this is something you should consider. Some we consider valuetainment. Because we believe so heavily in stats, you've seen the stats where a high school graduate over their lifetime will make a million dollars. Yeah. A college graduate over their lifetime will make two million dollars. A master's degree, BA, uh, and everything with that will make three million dollars. So that's highlighting the upside of college. They, they'll kind of be like, yeah, don't worry about the debt stuff. Don't worry about all the nonsense. Don't worry about the gender reaffirming surgery. Don't worry about that. Just follow the money. But if there were stats out there, which I'm sure we could put together on, all right, if you go this route, not the get on college route, the entrepreneur route, this is how much money you can make. The Elon Musk route, if you will, the Jeff Bezos route, the Mark Zuckerberg route, dropping out of college, that's something that I think should be highlighted more and not pushed to the side. I agree. All right, I want to talk about the most important story in the economy today. Testosterone levels plummeting in young men due to porn consumption as linked to social isolation shows real problem. The Sun, young men's social isolation and retreat from society are linked to changing norms 
and discomfort would redefine masculinity. However, studies indicate that plummeting testosterone levels in young men, possibly influenced by excessive porn consumption, may, con- may also contribute to their desire to separate from society. Testosterone levels play a crucial role beyond sexual desire, impacting body and facial hair, muscle mass, bone density, uh, fertility, mood, and social anxiety. Excessive consumption of pornography is associated with low reproductive hormone levels in men, which can contribute in reduced testosterone levels uh, and potential uh, social isolation. Uh, natural way to boost testosterone level include improving sleep quality, getting sunlight exposure, and taking vitamin D supplements, consuming omega-3 fish fatty acids, and engaging in strength training exercises. Last night, I had a great time with these guys at Fresh and Fit with Myron. You guys are freaking amazing at what you do. Thanks Myron, what do you think about this story, masturbation, porn, <laughs> testosterone level? What do you have to say about that? Yeah, um, it's it's a combination of things. And I was actually just writing some notes as you were speaking about it. I would say there's a couple of things that are contributing to this. One is women are more successful now than ever before. So a lot of guys feel like they can't compete or they can't measure up. You got you know an influx of pornography that's huge. You can get it for free anywhere, anytime, on your phone at the you know drop of a hat. Video games, right, become more and more immersive, more and more interactive. They've grown in popularity significantly. It's probably one of the most uh, popular ways of entertainment nowadays. They're beating out movies and television. Then you got obesity, right? Being fat is fairly acceptable in the West nowadays. It's okay to be fat. Um, You also have guys in general that are just lazy. Thanks to technology and everything else that we have nowadays, people aren't as social. Guys don't feel the need to get out there and get to know women anymore. A lot of guys are socially awkward. Um, You know, this is through the rise of social media dating apps, et cetera, there's a lot of guys that have issues, right, where they're good-looking guys and they're able to get garner attention from women, but they don't know how to speak or convey themselves properly because they don't have the adequate social skills where they've been speaking to people for a good amount of time and learning, you know, certain social cues, how to speak properly, cadence, speaking from an active voice versus a passive voice when speaking to women because women typically respond very favorably to the active voice versus the passive voice. So all these little things, right, might seem like small little insulated, insulated incidents, but if you add them all together, it snowballs and creates kind of what we have, like what they call it the lost bar generation. Um, so in general, all of these things play into And there's more too, but those are just some of the ones I could think off the top Tom, of my head. Tom, from your, very insightful, by the way. And, and if, you're, if you are not uh, familiar with Fresh and Fit, I'm sure our audiences, because we had my run on before, and these guys are about to do a live event this Friday from 6 to 10 p.m. at the 5990 Live Building. Uh, uh, if you want to find out more about the tickets, so we're going to put the link below, Rob, 5990live.com. This Friday, uh, Adam, Tom, I'm sorry, Adam, uh, Tom, Fresh and Fit, Tom. very weird dynamic with Tom. There's going to be a lot of ladies there. There's going to be a very different kind of a messaging, but you're going to be entertained. And maybe if you brought Tom, that would change Myron the dynamics. Myron and Walt. I'm going to, Tom, no offense, I'm going to pick Walt Walt is going to be though, there buddy. because Walt yeah, is in yeah. love. He's, he's going to yeah. be there. I don't want yeah, to. Yeah, I'm going to drag him away. Yeah. That, <laughs> Tom, what are your thoughts? Uh, 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 you know, because you're, uh, uh, you, you and I are from a, uh, you know, different generation. We got three, gen- we, no, we got two generations here is what we got, right? If we really think about it. Um, porn back in the days when you were 14, okay? That's VHS. That's the kind of stuff that's kind of like, hey, dog, what do you no. got? <laughs> you know what he's doing? Like all no, those no, yeah, yeah. news versus today. What 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 do you know from like your your perspective on how bad porn can be for young boys? Well, first of all, what uh, Myron's talking about is talking about social isolation, and we have become a socially isolated society. So I'm going to touch porn last, but I'm, I'm going to touch this touch first. Touch everything, touch Tom. Tom yeah. Oh, brother. Here we <laughs> touch go. it, Tom. I said the word. But what he brought up was video games and the internet itself makes us more isolationist for entertainment, and it's and it's immersive, and it's distracting, and hours of a session go by. That leads to us being very sedentary, which leads a sedentary life directly leads to, like, you know, you know, obesity and health issues and what they're pointing out, not getting out outside uh, for vitamin D and sunlight exposure. And there's a couple of um, great programs that were like the, uh, the challenge, like 60 day programs. And part of that program is 60 minutes outside, taking a walk around lunch, brisk walk, uh, getting sunlight. So we, all of this is coming together. What Myron just said is dead on what's happening, you know, uh, on porn. That's even worse is it, it objectifies women and it perfects women. There's, it's like you're, you're objectifying women by what you're looking at. And then you're only looking at like 
people who are in amazing shape. And so that also creates this false fantasy and, and, and leaves men, you know, not capable to engage in regular relationships. The other part I look at it, add all of this up, add everything that we up and, and look at this. Hey, Pat, when you grew up, did you know the names of your neighbors across the street and on either side of you? Yes, you did. So did my mom. So did my dad. Today, I have to proactively go meet my neighbors. People usually don't know their neighbors. And it's because the American society, all of this porn and everything else has made us more isolated people. If you ask someone, how many really close friends do you have? Do you know the, your neighbor across the street, what their situation is? Do you know your neighbors on either side of you? Would you trust one of them to take care of your dog if you're out of town? We've also become, I'm interested in what Myron thinks about this, more isolated as a people and a culture. And it's, it's, it's negative. Well, I'll tell you one thing. We've seen the stats out there that men are just becoming weaker. I think testosterone levels have dropped 1% every year since the 1980s. So in the last 40 years or so, testosterone levels have dropped 40%. You've highlighted how men can't even do as much weightlifting they used to before. So look, rather than highlight all the negatives, we can go down a, a, a litany of lists of what's going on with men. What can you do to basically inc increase your testosterone? So you can do the natural stuff, get the fuck out of the house, work out, get some sunlight, sleep well, eat well, do what you have to do. There's also testosterone supplements that you can actually take, TRT, this type of things. We've actually had a recent sponsor called Turkesterone that basically helps men increase their testosterone. I think at the end of the day, you have a choice to make as a man. Do you want to kind of go down this feminization of men path or do you want to man up and become the best version of yourself? And the men, you know, only probably 20% of men are actually going to meet us uh, at that point. And uh, you're right. Yeah. The, um, oh, sorry. No, no. I mean, that's essentially the end of the day. And if you just basically want to get feminized in this modern femme centric society, you know, uh, there's plenty of avenues for you for that. But if you want to listen to the right people and have the right people in your ear and have the right coaches and leaders and mentors around you, uh, it is possible to be a man in today's society. And this is something that I kind of get hit on a lot because, you know, people always say, oh, Myron, you're really critical of women, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, well, you clearly don't watch the daytime show because I'm even more critical of the men. Mm -hmm. And what I've said a lot of times is we need to bring bullying back. Right. And I know, oh, my God, that's so controversial. The reason why I say that is because. Bullying is a very natural way of letting you know that you're inadequate with yep. your peers, right? And if they tell you, hey, you're fat or, hey, you're a loser, et cetera, a lot of the self-improvements that I've made, right, throughout my adolescence into my adulthood came from people bullying me and people say, oh, but it's trauma, it's bad. No, you need that. You need to be smacked in the face sometimes and learn you're not good enough right now. You need to become better. And the thing is now we have a participation trophy society where just by showing up, you're rewarded. And quite frankly, that's not enough. It's not about just showing up. It's about being consistent and showing up every day and doing it correctly. But we live in this world nowadays where people, quite frankly, are soft, right? When I say things like stop being, I don't, know, I don't want to swear, right, because we're, we're in the morning, you know, stop being a pussy, right? They're like, oh, you're... Uh, misogynistic, You're toxic, hater, bro. toxic, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No, you need men need trauma to grow. They yeah. need it, right? I've always said trauma builds men, but it destroys women. And the reason for that is because by the time you're old enough and you want to actually date a woman, et cetera, she's looking for those battle scars. She's looking for you to have that experience. She's looking for you to have beaten that adversity. She's looking for you to have made yourself into something. The only way you're going to be made into something is by going through something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, quite frankly, we live in a society now where the guys are just soft. My brother, for example, right? Going back to the college thing that you guys were talking about before. I was at his graduation last week. Uh, I had to take a few days off to go up to Connecticut. Uh, and, you know, Southern Connecticut State University, that's where he graduated from. And during the speech... Right. They were talking about being all inclusive and oh, yeah, it's about this is a happy, harmonious campus and all this other crap. And I'm like, damn, I graduated college, you know, 2013, about 10 years ago at a Northeastern. And they were starting to get woke back back then. But now it's on a whole other level. And not only that, college college campuses have become more and more expensive. Right. When I went to Northeastern, it was around 40K. I think it's probably like closer to 50 to 70K nowadays. So you got. All these things working in tandem to, quite frankly, make men weak, right? We have this soft-ass society where we're not telling them that they need to actually go out there and achieve and become somebody. And then we also have the video games, the obesity, the mediocrity being socially accepted. Oh, it's okay. You're fine the way that you are. No, it's fucking not okay. The only people that are accepted however they come are women, 
<laughs> not men. You must become a somebody as a man. And I think that's why our podcast becomes so popular because we're telling guys there is a burden of performance. You have to go out there and do something. Being fat is unacceptable. Being stupid is unacceptable. Being mediocre, mediocre is unacceptable. You can't be saved like a woman can for being pretty. You must get out there and become a fucking somebody. But the problem is that we don't bully the guys enough. We don't tell them that they're losers. We don't tell them that they're fat. We don't tell them that they're stupid. We need to go back to letting people know that they're inadequate and then they'll go ahead and measure you know, up. You know, it's wild that he's saying this. Somebody could be listening to this and saying, what kind of a freaking message is that <laughs> i grew up bullying and this this that but i will tell you you know I, I, over the years <clears throat> uh, running a sales team i recruit a lot of uh, young men and young women okay and we we help them become agents sheena sapala who right now you know they 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 do very well for them so they make a couple million a year and their business does around 40 million 30 million a year okay she played sports, she played softball, she played softball for college, and she just got inducted to the Hall of Fame of her high school in Sacramento. Oh, wow. Congrats, best. Sheena. Yeah. Congrats. And you know what's crazy? You, I can sit down with her and give her feedback and challenge her. She takes it. She has no problem, okay? Uh, I can give feedback to guys that are in the military. They can take it. No problem. But if I notice the guys that I have the hardest time with giving feedback – Guess what? They never played sports. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's so wild. I know the names. Obviously, I will not say it. But God forbid if you give those guys feedback. They're so hurt by it. Mm -hmm. There's, that's not the way that works with me. That's not the way that this works for me. I want the feedback to be this way. I don't. Okay. Totally fine. But the reality of it is that guy missed out on the opportunity being coached under somebody that kicked their ass. Get off your ass. Run for it. Let's go. Like I saw uh, Dylan was playing for this baseball team and their coach was like, Eight years old. It's like, what are you guys doing? Get out there. I want you to try harder. You guys are being sloppy. What are you guys doing on the pass here? Your teammates hitting here. Pay attention to the guy. And this one guy was a former player. And I'm watching saying, wow, he just put him in check like this. Well, if you do that for three, four, five years, and then eventually, you know what you think it is? You think that's normal. Mm -hmm. So when somebody later on is like, I'm not offended by it. You see my coach back in the days, years ago. There's, there's concepts about... Being around intimidating, tough environments like this toughens you up. And uh, if you stand up, so I think you got a very good point there. It happens in business all the time, by the way. Well, Pat, do you guys do you guys think it's like happening intentionally? Myron, like, like there's a concerted effort. Alpha males, they're trying to get rid of them. Look what happens with Tay and everybody, like people like you. They don't want people like us that are alphas out there. Like it's almost like something is happening to make us soft. Because like, well, if let's just say aliens wanted to come attack, you know, you have to, you have to, you have to get rid of the strong, feral, crazy, attacking men. Because we are getting soft as shit, bro. Like yep. America's just because now feelings are more important than anything else. Like you said, I, I know what people are thinking about the bullying, but you need a little like a push. Mm -hmm. If I say somebody's morbidly obese, there was a girl that couldn't walk through the aisle in an airplane. Yeah, Guess what she said? We yeah. Remember we talked about Adam? And you know, she's like, this is discrimination against me. They should Air give me an extra seat. She's like, no, make the planes bigger. Right. Like, I want a big, huge... Big ass point. mentality. So it's like I, I feel like. Do you feel like my like? It's are they doing it? It's is there a power that's behind this to make us all really really soft? Well, yeah. When you when you emasculate the men, well, then you can take over mm -hmm. because the thing is with men is that you know since the beginning of time, me and Andrea have had talks about this. Like since the beginning of time, men are prepared to fight to defend their belief systems. Women are not. Right. There's a reason why they would kill off the men and take the women and the children as <laughs> yeah, prisoners. Yeah. And, you know, they're doing that now, but they're doing it much more intelligently. Right. And if you look at and this kind of goes into other things as well. If you look at, you know, now when we have wars with other countries or whatever, we're not going into actual physical confrontation with them like World War II. No, what are we doing? We're doing proxy wars. We're doing what we're doing right now where Ukraine and Russia, right? We're sending in spies. We're collecting information on other countries. We're getting uh, classified information um, given to us or whatever, stealing information, stealing secrets. So everything is kind of done surreptitiously now. And uh, destroying the men is also being done right now because if you destroy the strong men, who's going to question and stop you? Because guys like ask, ask questions. We talked about this yesterday on our show. And questions are annoying for the authorities. Mm -hmm. So... <clears throat> Anytime you're able to question or push back or rebel, that's an issue for them. I'll say one more thing because I fully agree with the bullying component. Yeah, I played sports my whole life, played college football, basketball, the whole, the whole deal. There's, you know, talk about locker room talk. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, nothing is as vicious as a 12th grade high school locker room. Oh my god! If you ain't up to par, mm -hmm. and you know, if I look back at the coaches I've had in my life, the coaches who were the the the, the guy that you're like, fuck this guy, but I hate. The 
those teams always did the best. 100%. Because he demanded accountability. And some guys don't want that, but at, at some point you need to get in line. Last point, talk about bullying. That's peer-to-peer. Yeah. I also think there are lack of male role models these days. We talk about single uh, single parent households, yeah. uh, something that's plaguing America, the welfare state, relying on the government. Um, yesterday before the Fresh Fit podcast, I actually was taking care of my nephew, 10-year-old guy. We're playing... Uh, football. This kid is the king of excuses. Every time I throw him the ball, <laughs> oh, the, the lace hit my head, I dropped it. All oh, the sun got my eye. I, at one point, I, got, I said, shut the F up. Either catch the ball or say my bad. That's it. You're allowed two words. My bad or catch the ball. Yeah. <laughs> and you saw. <laughs> that's it. I, that's I'm telling you. And, it, I mean, I trained him like a coach. I'm not, like, I spend, you know, Maybe a day a week with him, and we spend an hour playing football. And you know the most amazing thing? You're talking about a kid who plays YouTube video games. He's a kid. He goes, this is better than any video game or any <laughs> YouTube video. I loved it. I go, that's right, kid. And I was hard as hell on the kid. I said, catch the ball or, or just say the- my bad. Don't but, say but, anything but else. But to be fair, he's, not, he's actually not accustomed to that style no, at all. Yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. So that's a shocker when it happens yes. the first time. So kudos to him yeah. for yeah. reacting the way he did and not running crying about it. Yeah. No, I mean, I do coach him from time to time. This isn't the first time, but I just was fed up with the excuses. But this, ta- this talks about, you know, what do you call it, the, the trophy uh, culture? Yeah. The participation yeah, trophy? Yeah, exactly. I could have just been like, hey, man, I'm happy you're out here trying no. to catch the ball. And I Catch the goddamn ball, Randy real Moss. Quick. Iron sharpens iron. I have vivid memories in my childhood. I grew up with uh, with Jordan Reed. He played for the 49ers and his brother David Reed. Tight end. Up, yep, exactly. Yeah, I remember. I uh, grew up with them in New Britain, Connecticut. And I remember as a kid getting bullied all the time because David was a little bit older than us. Jordan was around my age. We used to play them in basketball, pick up basketball, and they'd always used to beat us, play football, baseball, play all these sports. And we always used to get smoked by the older kids, but it incentivized us yeah. to wake up early, go to the basketball court, practice in the morning, train, get better, et cetera, because iron sharpens iron. We're like, we're going to beat them. They keep talking mm-hmm. smack. And we eventually did beat them in one pickup game and then lost <laughs> to the others. But the point is, you is remember that, that one it motivated game. us. Yeah. It really motivated us to get out there and be better. And I don't think young <clears throat> men have that same stimuli that they used to have before. You don't even see kids outside yeah. playing anymore at the basketball courts or going outside doing anything. They're more concerned with you know subscribing to OnlyFans and Backing off to porn or playing video games, etc. Mm-hmm. We have the fattest kids we've ever had. Kids aren't outside playing sports, and I think sports are honestly nowadays. If you're a parent, you need to enroll your kids in something. Whether I don't care if it's music, sports, whatever it is, because they learn discipline from that. They learn how to deal with other people. They learn teamwork. They understand that there's a chain of command with a coach. You learn so many life lessons from participating in sports that it's insurmountable. You're not going to get that those type of life lessons in anything else. And you learn how to not be a bitch. I want to. <laughs> I want to tell you a story. My dad in the house. Has one trophy, okay, that he kept since I was 14. Do you know the story or no? No, I can't wait. Since I was 14 years old, he's kept this one trophy. So I'm like, listen, why did you keep this trophy? He says, well, it reminds me of what happened that one night in Echo Park in uh, in, uh, L.A., so if you don't know Echo Park, Echo Park wasn't the safest area in the 90s. It's like it's it's a terrible place actually yeah. in the 90s. So I'm playing in this league. It's a it's a, a troubled teenagers league called the Century City Basketball Association, something like that. Yeah. Okay. And one day we're playing against these other guys. Four of our players don't show up. We only have five. And we're playing against guys. It's uh, the, the other group. It's Blood, Crip. We got Diamond. Anyways, we, so yeah. the other guy, <laughs> helicopter show up shooting. It was a pretty bad day. But that game, we lost by 101 points. <laughs> you know what I love about that game? We, I scored six points. I'll never forget exactly how many points. Your highest scoring points. game ever. It's oh. the highest score. Trust me, that's a highlight reel for me of the bank. Oh, my God. So we lost by 101 points. And there was a small little, you know, the, the, the they gave the bigger trophy for the guys that win. They gave us a small little. No, my dad kept it. He says, it's to show this game the way you lost to keep you humble for the rest of your life. Wow. How bad you guys got your asses whooped oh my God. by these guys. It was phenomenal. We laugh about it till today. But it's right. You need those types of moments to keep you humble in life and in business. If you don't, a fall is coming around. We need to bring that and trophy and put it right here too. on the, uh, on the mantle. That trophy, that trophy is uh, one of the most important one, trophies. One more thing I want to say, too, about why sports and activities are so important, for, especially for guys in their adolescent years, uh, women, too, is because it keeps you away from doing stupid things. I can't yeah. tell you how many times 
I was offered weed growing up as a kid. Or, hey, you want to go drink or you want to do something stupid? And I always said no. Why? Because I had to go play basketball. Or when I was in college, I was a Division one athlete. I was a rower. Uh, that kept me away from doing a lot of stupid things. I never smoked weed in my life. Didn't drink like that in college. Didn't party like that because I knew I had to be up at 5 o'clock in the morning to train on the Charles River. So, like, sports creates discipline, mm -hmm. which then forces you to not be involved in a lot of stupid things that can get you jammed up. You know what's so crazy that you say that? So... All throughout high school, I was that dude that was like, I don't drink, I don't do drugs, I'm that guy, like, no, mm -hmm. I'm an athlete, football, basketball, all county, the whole deal. I get to college, and all my football player teammates are like, we're going out drinking, we're partying, smoke this, try this. I was like, this is the antithesis of what I was looking for, guys. Yeah. But you are right, that, that yeah. college does keep you out of credit, uh, keep you out of trouble. Yeah. How many guys that get inducted into a Hall of Fame that say, thank God, for my mom, for enrolling me in sports. If not, I would have been gangbanging yeah. out here. Well, it course. kept me away from a lot yeah. of stupidity growing up in, in New Britain, Connecticut, which isn't the best place to grow up, right? It was a 50% dropout rate in New Britain High School. And then going into college, that kept me away from, like, you know, partying and doing a bunch of stupid stuff. And I was just focused on sports, and it just kept me focused. Myron, I went to I'm, I went to New Bryn High, too, and I'm with the Hurricanes. Oh, I'm shit. From New, I'm, hey, I'm from Yonkers, nice. but I was raised in New Bryn. Nice. nice. I was raised That's from lit. Yonkers. Are you we joking? Moved, I swear to God, we were born in Yonkers. We are Syrians. We moved. My father got a job in Connecticut. I'm on New Bryn High School, 1996. I graduated Holy from New Bryn. Oh, we got to talk, bro. Yeah, yeah, wow. That is banana. Yeah. All high school. When you said New Bryn, I go, who the yeah. hell knows about hard hit in New Bryn, Yeah, bro? man. Hard, hard hit in New Bryn. Not a good neighborhood. Drive my uh, Miguel de Jesus was shot. My dad, I'll never forget, Myron. My father dropped us off in front of the school, uh, seven, seven something in the morning. As he's driving off, this guy was a Latin king, standing in front of the school. He just got back from a suspension. Car pulls up, shoots him dead in front of us. They drive. That's the school that we went to. Yeah. We had one day off, and they brought us right back into that school. Yeah, because New Britain, people think Connecticut is like soft, but the thing is, is that all the most of the money in Connecticut is concentrated in the south. Um, Yep. Southwest, going towards New York City. Yeah. But if you go into Central Connecticut or Northern Connecticut, it's, it's not so nice. You think of especially Hedge, Hartford uh, County. You think of Connecticut. That's you think crazy. of hedge fund country. Yeah, that's what you yeah, think. Yeah, Which, well, Greenwich, Latin Greenwich, King Greenwich, country. Greenwich, yeah, Greenwich, yeah, Greenwich is, is nice. from Connecticut, yeah. but yeah. like Bridgeport and New Haven and bro, oh, we gotta yeah. talk after. Central bro. Connecticut, yeah, it's we're gonna go start yeah, a fight yeah. in the office. Let's talk. Let's talk economy. Consumer debt passes 17 trillion for the first time. Despite slide in mortgage demand, this is a CNBC story. I'm going to read two stories together because they have a lot to do with each other. So $17 trillion, increasing by nearly $150 billion the first quarter of 2023, despite a decline in mortgage demand. Total indebtedness rose by $2.9 trillion since pre-pandemic levels in 2019. New mortgage orientations, including refinancing, hit the lowest level since 2014 with a significant increase, decrease of 35% compared to the previous quarter. The decline in home loans can be attributed to higher interest rates, which reach uh, around 6.4% following multiple rate increases by central banks. The mortgage refinancing boom fueled by lower interest rates has come to an end. CNBC. However, its impact will be felt for years. Years. We're years. talking years on top of years. 40 years. <laughs> Myron, they love the way I speak in yeah. just so you know that. <laughs> oh With millions of homeowners having refinanced their mortgages during the pandemic period, despite interest, rising interest rates, mortgage foreclosures remain low, oh while delinquency rates granted comes. Okay, so now this leads to the other one. Watch this here, 401k. It's more expensive to live, and workers are tapping into the 401k's New York Times story. Uh, uh, ex uh, uh, Americans are increasing tapping into retirement accounts, cost of living campaigns. Experts uh, uh, warned that the number of workers marking, making hardship withdrawals from their 401ks could rise as people struggle with insufficient short-term savings and face unexpected expenses. Tom, thoughts on these two stories? Well, it's it's a simple it's a simple tragedy. Um, we covered a story here uh, one week ago that credit card debt had just touched $1 trillion. That's just revolving credit card debt. And it was a bounce up from about 800 in the middle of pandemic. And the stimulus checks had actually taken that down to about 720. So it moved almost $300 billion just credit card debt. And what is happening here is no one wants to talk about it. You can spin the economy and say, you know, Joe Biden's doing a great job. Look at all this checkbox, checkbox, checkbox. What's the reality? People, inflation is killing people and they are 
have run their credit cards up to a trillion dollars worth. Total consumer debt now passes $17 trillion for the first time, even though mortgage demand is down. Why is mortgage demand down? Because mortgage right now, I think it's 6.87% this morning. If you wanted a 30-year fixed mortgage on a half a million dollar house and you've got solid credit, it's almost 7%. So you're, you're getting squeezed. So what do you turn to? If you don't have a credit card and you're getting toward the limit, what do you turn to? You turn to your 401k. Scary and job. check this out. The, the, I disagreed with this when it happened, but buried in that story from the New York Times is the Secure 2.0 Act. The Secure 2.0 Act, you know what it did? This is your government doing this. They want, they want people to be dependent on the government. They do not want financial independence. Secure 2.0 Act, it allows people to make a withdrawal that they call is a security withdrawal or a financial hardship withdrawal. They're making it easier for people in their 40s and 50s to tap into the 401k because the government knows what's going on. They know what's going on with the, with the credit cards. This shows you just how bad things are right now because people are saying, well, what did they do before? What did they do before? Why are they doing 401ks now? You know what? People with homes used to get a HELOC. What can't you do now if interest rates are uh, almost 7%? Add two percentage points for a HELOC, right, Pat? That's a little bit more for the second mortgage for the HELOC. Well, that makes a HELOC 9% if you've got equity and you can do it, and they can't. The bank looks at it and says, I'm sorry, you're kind of maxed out here. I can't, I can't give you another 50 grand on a credit line HELOC that you're going to use for living expenses. So what this is showing is just how tough it is on the American middle class right now. Mm -hmm. It's tougher than tough. I think there's two parts of this story. There's the macro and the micro. The macro, I actually don't give a shit. I'll tell you why. Uh, every year we see that these numbers get inflated and inflated. I remember back in 2008 during the uh, economic crisis, uh, what was the bailout? $800 billion? There was nothing with the word T in it. Nothing with the oh, word tarp. trillion. That's right, TARP. There's not meaning there was the, like the first stimulus, $2.4 billion. So, sorry, $2.4 trillion. The CARES Act, and then there was multiple stimulus checks, trillion. We've seen the U.S. debt go from 10, 15, 20. We're at, what, $31 trillion inflation rising. These macro numbers are just going to get larger and larger and larger and larger. And that's something just we need to understand and get comfortable with. Not saying I'm happy about it. Not saying anyone should be. But that's the reality that we're in today. We're now working with trillions no longer. But it used to be cool to be a millionaire. Millionaire. Who gives a shit about that? Yeah. Now you're a billionaire. Oh, billionaire. I know a couple billionaires. Now we're talking about Elon Musk maybe becoming a trillionaire. We're now in trillionaire territory, guys. Billionaire ain't cool anymore. Millionaire is like broke boy at this point. And you need to understand that. As far as the micro goes... Um, we've seen that over since COVID, something that we've all learned, the terminology, the K-shaped economy. The rich have gotten richer and the poor have gotten poorer. Which one are you? Because if you're in the middle class, if you ain't improving, you're digressing. So, yeah, I feel bad for the middle class for sure. Times are not easy. Inflation has been a mess. Consumer price index has been tough to deal with. Vinny does videos on the price of eggs. He, instead of buying his girl an engagement ring, he bought her a fucking egg. egg. And she <laughs> loved it. She loved it. Omelets yeah. on Vinny. But it, it just, at the end of the day, this comes down to personal accountability, personal finance, and 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 handling what you got to handle as a man. Is there any, like, uh, sorry, not to no, 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 please. What, like, is there, so, Tom, we hear all these facts, and I, I mean, we're not in government, so, they, you know, we don't really know, but how can we, what, what, what can they do to like stop this, like to slow Who's this shit there? down, or like the government, or you know, like is it the presidency, or like because obviously it didn't, it wasn't happening years ago. It's happening hardcore now, Pat. What's the why is it going like that so bad? And people you, are broke as shit. And I'm gonna let in the Pat answer this, but uh, like, it, what could it, they be doing different? You Pat? need a badass sob who's gonna say, listen, you, you, the people, the populace. You ain't going to like what I have to say. That's what I want to hear. But like, we need to do some control damage to this country that's what right I, now. That's what I want to hear, Unfortunately, that is a not a winning message. Well, Unfortunately, you want to keep piling on the debt, and they've all done it. Of course. Bush. Of course. Obama. Yeah. Trump. Biden. They all can get the blame. They mm. all can get it. You need a badass SOB who looks like The Rock, talks like The Rock, but doesn't necessarily act like oh, The Rock. But, so, but, but Adam, and that comes in and says, we need to clean up our act. So, so, all right, so Adam, let's just say Trump comes in. Let's say Trump wins a nomination. He comes in and he wins. What is he going to do? What would he... Well, would you think his he'll track be record, he's already put on $5 trillion of debt to the economy. So, I don't so know he wouldn't do shit. Guy. So he wouldn't do anything. I'm not saying what he'll do his second term, but Stop. I'm saying based on his first. You, the, 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 every time you say that, give the disclaimer. 
That's during COVID relief when it was a shit show and mm-hmm. nobody had a clue what to do. So when you're explaining that, it's important to put things into the... Same the other day, Biden, Joe though. Biden put a post that no one in the history of mankind has created more jobs than him. Which was and, bullshit. Which is bullshit. So, yeah. but, but that's also bullshit. So we have to call out the bullshit and on all sides. I get what you're saying. What I will say to you from my standpoint is he's right. We've talked about this many times. The right things to campaign on today are unfortunately not winnable, okay? Mm-hmm. To get out there and give the message of, here's what we need. You need to go, no, no. No, the other guy's giving me free stuff. You're not. Why am I going to vote for you? I'm not going to vote for you. Like this whole debt ceiling negotiation they're having right now, we'll go into the story next, is they're negotiating about how much money they can spend. Like just think about it, how much money they can spend. And one side is saying, let's spend less. The other side is saying, no, we got to spend more, right? Okay. The other part also in this thing here is the fact that as an individual, the more independent people there is, the less they want the debt ceiling to be raised. The more independent earners there is, the less they rely on somebody to take care of them financially. Think about who is voting for more entitlement programs. Actually think about, do you need entitlement programs? Do you need entitlement programs? Do I need entitlement programs? Do we need entitlement programs? No. Who with a job needs entitlement programs? Actually think about that question. Who who is taking care of their family, their wives, their kids, their husbands, their responsibilities? Who wants entitlement programs? The only people that want entitlement programs is what? The people that are not wanting to do the legwork, not wanting to go out there and improve, not wanting to get a new skill set. So as long as there as long as they increase Everybody's trying to increase their subscribership. The left, they need to increase the amount of people that need entitlement programs. The more people need entitlement programs, the more relevant the Democratic Party will be. The more people increase that don't need entitlement programs, people are going to one day wake up and say, I'm sorry, step aside, guys. You don't need to solve my problems. I got it. You don't need to take care of my financial responsibilities. That's on me. So, But that's going to take 20 years mm-hmm. to fix, and it's going to take that philosophy staying on point. Today, we're living at a time where it's like, well, look how rich that guy is. Look how rich this is. Look how rich that is. It's so confusing where they want people relying on the government. And they've done such a good job at that recruiting so many people on entitlement programs. It's very hard. The moment you start giving things away for to people for free, like this is the one thing we talked about on the podcast. I don't know if you remember that one book, uh, uh, Toxic, uh, uh, what's the name of the book? Toxic um, Charity. Do you remember when we talked about Toxic Charity? Yeah, we talk- the toxic charity, there's five things, right? Five phases of toxic charity when you give. You give once, you elicit appreciation. You give twice, you create anticipation. You give three times, you create expectation, okay? Wow. You give a four time, it becomes entitlement. The fifth time, you establish depend- dependency, and I would add a sixth thing. The moment you stop giving, you become an enemy. So one wow. more time, you give once, you elicit appreciation. Hey, man, thank you so much for that. That was great. You didn't have to. You give a second time, oh, okay, cool. So it's kind of like you're going to do it again. I'm anticipating. You give a third time, it's expectation. Where is it? You give a fourth time, now you're entitled. Here, let's go. You give a fifth time, you establish dependency, and you stop doing it, you're an enemy. So imagine if the political party that says, hey, guys, moving forward, we're not going to give anything. You're the number one enemy (laughs) to the entitled people. Mm I don't want to say issue. this too real quick, uh, speaking from the, the home side, because as you guys, your audience may or may not know, I'm a real estate investor. I have uh, four properties down here in Florida and another nine up in Connecticut. And yeah, I mean, I remember buying houses back in like 2020, 2021. I was getting interest rates at like the threes, the fours. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. And, you know, it was a bidding war. I was competing with everyone. I was competing with investors, people trying to buy a home, first time home buyers, et cetera. Now interest rates right for an investor are closer to eight percent, a six point four if you want to buy a home if you want to buy as a, your primary residence. But if you want to buy as an investor, you're getting you know seven, mid sevens, eight percent interest rate even with good credit. So now it's worked out good for me because now I don't have as many competitors. But going back to what you guys said, who does this hurt mostly? The middle class because now it's not it doesn't make sense for them to buy a house because it's too goddamn expensive with the interest rates. So. I mean, do I see the interest rates coming down? They're fluctuating quite a bit or whatever, and there's ways around it. Maybe you can get an adjustable rate mortgage or you could buy points at closing, which is going to be costly. But 
regardless, it definitely has ostracized the middle class where only pretty much investors are the only ones that can buy a home now. So if you're an investor, it's a great time to get in because you don't have to compete with as many people. But yeah, the interest rates are, are more than doubled. That's why you see BlackRock buying up everything. Exactly. Right now. They're buying up all the single family homes. Can you pull up that entitlement thing one more time? He has a right up there. Okay, gotcha. He has a right up there. It's so funny because we can. that's politically that you're talking about. Um, but this is this is applicable in any phase of life. So we all know that I used to be in the nightlife world, and I still do that. It's so funny because there's this like I'll give one quick anecdote. Uh, a buddy of mine is a big nightlife promoter, one of the biggest in Miami. He's going back and forth on social media, arguing with a with a woman, Myron. Shocker alert her. Yeah, probably. And, um, <laughs> and so I was there the night that it happened, and basically the story goes like this: she had to wait in line to get into a club, one of the biggest clubs in Miami, live, uh, for a half hour, okay? The club was packed, sold out, and he lets her in free every single time. Mm -hmm. Her and her girls, they drink free. You know, we talk about number one appreciation. Hey, thanks for letting me in. All my friends really appreciate you. Thank you. Um, anticipation. Hey, we're coming. We'll see you soon. Got you. All good. No worries. Expectation. Hey, I'm here. I'm in line. Where are yep. you? Hey, I'm coming to get you. All right, cool. Entitlement. Hey, where are my free drinks? Uh, dependency. I'm in line. Where are you? The, the, they're posting each other's stories, you know, online. And he lets, he's like, at the end of the day, sorry if I curse. Listen, bitch, I don't owe you anything. Yeah, yeah. I've been letting you and your friends come in for free, drink for free, for years. years, and now you want to come in and act all entitled to the club. Sorry, baby girl, you need to wait. F you, this and that. He's like, all right, well, best of luck out there. But that is a real-life story of entitlement good mentality. For him, well, yeah. exactly. I say good for him for standing up yes. and saying no. You know, Go figure it out for yourself. There is, listen, think about the most annoying people in your life. Okay, or when we've been annoying, because we've also been annoying at times. Whether you were eight years old, nine years old, thirteen years old, we've all been part of the annoying camp, or we've been part of the camp where people have annoyed you. Think about who is the most annoying people in your life that drain the best energy out of you. Go to those two or three people. You know exactly who those people are, right? The You're spoiled there. ones. Okay, so let's just say spoiled ones. Number one is what spoiled. Who else are the most annoying people that suck the best? They're, they're, they're always energy. complaining. They're never happy. Okay, this, so uh, life, life owes them everything. Coaches. I got spoiled, complainers, complainers. victims. Who else would you victims. Say? victims, who else? Ungrateful. Ungrateful, who else? Rob Gargiulo. Leeches. Leeches. <laughs> what else? Leeches. What would you say, Myron? Oh, man. I mean, I don't want to sound like an asshole. This is Myron Gaines' opinion only, not the rest <laughs> of the uh, uh, podcast. But this is a lot of modern-day women behave this way. And when you were mentioning the club situation, yeah. in my head I was thinking about, right, right, this is why I say being a gentleman, right? People get controversial take here. I've always said, you know, most girls don't deserve chivalry, chivalry anymore, and women killed chivalry. And the reason why is because it used to be women appreciated nice guys. But nowadays, if you're a nice guy, you're looked at as weak, and they're going to punish you for it. Mm -hmm. So chivalry nowadays is supposed to be earned from women, but guys make the mistake and come in as a nice guy thinking, oh, yeah, let me go this route, and she's going to like me. It doesn't work that way because women are so uh, – how do I say this? They're the, um, they don't appreciate – nice genuine gestures for men anymore you know what i mean it's they get it's it all expected. the time it's expected nowadays yeah. thanks to the internet it's simps. it's simps have fucked it up for everybody so yeah. thanks to the internet thanks to social media thanks to all this other stuff it's basically made women feel as though i am superior to the average guy an average woman doesn't think mm -hmm. that uh an average guy is on her level she thinks i deserve a guy that's at least three four five points above myself even though i'm only a five on the sexual market scale but the reason for that is going back perfectly with the steps that you mentioned with appreciation anticipation expectation entitlement dependent and then if you don't give it to them yeah. let's say you do take a girl on a date and she doesn't reciprocate that attraction you say you know what we're going to split this bill she's going to look at you as an enemy why mm -hmm. because there's this preconceived notion that you as the guy need to bow down to her I, I got in an argument recently with a girl. So hang on a where, second. Let's yeah. go through it. So we got victimhood. Go yep. ahead. We got spoiled. We got complainers. We got ungrateful. We got leechers. We got modern-day women. We got entitled. <laughs> what are we solving guy. for right now exactly? We got bitter. These, these question of the most annoying people that suck the best energy out of Nag you. Uh, naggers. Right? <laughs> naggers. Liberals. Bit, liberals. Okay. Lib <laughs> but, but if you say Crap liberal, magnets. a lot of liberals will be a, a, a lot of these qualities, right? Yeah. So then you got what? Crap magnets? Okay. <laughs> so crap magnets. Okay. You know, you know, what's, you know what's the best uh, uh, question here to ask with the following? Here, here's a question. Which, which side produces more of these? Okay. Those 
who lean on the government to take care of them or those who are independently taking care of their families. The left is way more. Clearly the people uh, well, yeah. on the left. So, so how did left. that happen? Then you know what happens with there? Okay. If the left views uh, the, the America's kids as their kids, because this is a village. Right, we're living in a village America, right? Whatever you it call it. It takes right? a village to. Yeah, yeah. We just do. Oh, it's not your kids. It's uh, 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 our kids. Uh, yeah. uh, it's our kids, right? Um, uh, so, so hang on one second. So, so if that's the case, then who gets judged for the kind of kids they raise? The left does. You know what kind of people you're raising? Looters, victim of mentality, spoiled, complainers, ungrateful, leechers. Modern-day women, crap magnet, uh, uh, would you say liberals, entitled, bit, bitter, naggers. Your philosophies are producing these types of people, okay? These types of people. What's the philosophy on the other side? Leave me alone. Let me do my thing. Let me live my life. Don't buy, Whether it's a libertarian, whether it's an independent, anything from center to the right, it's just leave me alone. Let me live the life that I want to live. So the judgment comes on what? Bad policies produce these types of people. These types of people ruin a nation. The, ch the ability to want to change these types of people takes a decade, Vinny. In many instances, they don't even know it. A lot of them cannot be saved. They won't be saved. We're having a conversation yesterday about words, right? The power in words yeah. and, you know, where it's like, hey, be careful saying that because that, that statement doesn't have a lot of weight behind it, right? When certain men talk, they have weight behind their words. When certain people talk, they don't have weight behind their words. These guys don't have weight behind their words. Their words is what? It's not fair. That's a weak statement. Yeah. It, yeah. It's not fair. It's not this. It's not that. It's not. Those are all weak phrases. No leader says it's not fair. No independent person says it's not fair. If we simply gauged the weight of words being used by the left and the right, the level of weakness of the weak words being used, they would be at the top, and this side's going to be more on this side, mm -hmm. you know, at the bottom. They would lose an amount of weak words to be used. So philosophically, if we're talking about this whole conversation around what can we do to really change this, like you're asking that question. Yeah. That's a two-decade problem because oh, wow. the population of acting like victims and everything else, the other person's fault, that population keeps increasing.